Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. God wants you to experience His victory. Do you believe God can give you victory? Anthony, man, thank you so much for being here. Uh, This Easter, you shared uh, just a short version of your story. And when we filmed that, I thought, man, I would love for people to hear the longer version of that. Uh, We all year have been looking for victory stories to tell not just your story, but what God's doing in you. And we've heard so many amazing things. That's just testimony that, that God is up to incredible things Amen. in the lives of people. And, and yours is no different. So, man, just jump in wherever you want to jump in on your story and just share it with us. I'm excited to hear it again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, like many stories out there, uh, mine is a story of uh, freedom and victory. Um, and freedom has taken on a lot of different meanings in my life over the past few years. And, uh, and I'll probably get to that uh, in a little bit, uh, in a little bit more in depth here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I am, I am a life that has been <clears throat> changed, transformed, and restored by the power of God and, and by a God who um, seeks out us. Um, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Just want to give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, you might have heard it. It's past Easter Sunday, but I, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, as a matter of fact, I often tell people my first drug problem was being drugged to church. Uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> so, that. Yes. Yeah, but I, 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 was, I, was, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents are still together today. Uh, you know, church on Wednesday, twice on Sunday, and, and all of the youth events that come in between. So, you know, I really grew up <clears throat> knowing God and believing in God. You know, however, the the lifestyle that I ended up living um, as I grew towards adulthood didn't reflect uh, what I what I claimed to believe and okay. what I was what I was raised, you know, to be. Um, you know, I look back at it, and and really, my story starts with the need for acceptance and mm. love, and and that's actually what addiction is. For my experience, addiction is anything that you depend on. Um, whether it be provisions, uh, acceptance, security, peace, joy, anything that you depend on other than God to fulfill can become your addiction. And uh, that's kind of where my story with addiction started. You know, I just wanted to be accepted by those around me. Um, So I actually kind of got into, um, you know, started out with smoking weed and stuff of that nature. But what really got me is I ended up selling drugs. And And the reason why is I just had a desire to uh, connect with people. I just had a desire uh, to give somebody something that they needed because that's where I found my value. And that is not where we're supposed to find our value is in the acceptance of others. So what seemed to be remedial, just recreational use, what a lot of people are dealing with, you know, at a young age, uh, quickly escalated into a meth addiction. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, and... Throughout my 10-year meth addiction, um, man, my, my, that, that 10 years is just riddled with incarcerations. Too many to count. I could, if I told you a number, it, it would be a lie. Um, and, you know, God was with me the whole time because, you know, I believed in God. And uh, I knew he was there. And as a matter of fact, every time I'd get in trouble or, 
or, you know, I, my family would disown me or, or, you know, my, no matter, I mean, there's so much wreckage and carnage just between family and opportunities and everything that I went through over those 10 years, the things that I just threw away from the relationship with my daughter to my ex-wife, uh, to business opportunities, to college. I mean, it was just riddled with destruction and no matter how many times um, I found myself in a pit, you know, I knew to call out to God and, you know, it's like, okay, God save me. Um, but what I realized looking back is that I knew, I knew him as my savior, but I didn't know him as my Lord. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's going to be the basis of, of my story. So when we talk about freedom and victory, to me, my victory is found in the freedom of Christ. Um, and, and that's part of my victory story. So, uh, Freedom. I found myself at the age of 28 looking at a 15-year sentence. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. How old are you now? Yeah, I am 36. <laughs> so you would still be there today. Yes, sir. If it wasn't for, for a God. number of years after this. Yes, sir. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, um, and you know, at that time, I was, um, I was preparing for that. You know, I, I remember... I found myself in a very serious situation due to the people that I was surrounding myself with and the lifestyle that I was living. Um, I, I, I accumulated some very serious charges. I was housed in a solitary confinement due to the nature of my charges for about 18 months. And uh, I'll never forget calling my dad. I hadn't talked to him in a year or two, being out there on the streets. And, uh, you know, he picked up my, my collect call. And uh, I just, I told him, I said, Dad, it's going to be okay, man. God's going to save me this time. And he said something to me that had to be so hard for him to say, but it really, it changed my perception. And he said, son, uh, you need to check your salvation because people who are saved don't continue to repeat the same mistakes and live the lifestyle that you've been living. So, so, of course, I got mad. <laughs> yeah. As we do, right? Yeah, as we, as do. we do. When, as, somebody, when somebody sticks their finger into yeah, our yeah. pain into our and points out our fault or whatever, however you want to phrase it, yeah. we're going to bow up a little, right? Yeah, our yeah, you first what, intention our is defense. Yeah. Often does. You know, that fight or flight kind of thing. Exactly. Many times in my life, I've gone either way. I've, I've wanted to kind of, oh, kind of. Yeah, you know, just cringe away and cringe yeah. up. But other times, I, I just want to bow up. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah, yeah you got mad, exactly. didn't you? And I did, and I, I slammed the phone. I went back to my oh, cell, wow. and I sat there, and I was like, how dare he? And, and then I just kind of looked around, and there was there was nobody around. So I actually started to consider it. And, um, you know, at that time, God was working on me in the middle of it all. Um, even when I thought that there was nowhere around, nobody was around, that he was nowhere around, uh, God was still moving in my heart, even though that my heart was far, far from him. You know, I remember there being a, a sign over my, my door. Somebody had wrote it on the wall before it said, hope does not live here. And I remember just looking at that and feeling like there was, you know, that there was no hope. As a matter of fact, when I went to court, <clears throat> I, I was like, man, the gig's up. They got me, you know, and I said, you know what? I'm going to turn over a new leave. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess to everything I've done. So sitting at the table with the TBI agent and the uh, T, you know the DTF agent, my lawyer, I just spilled the beans. I just confessed to everything. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, just laid it all out there. Just laid it all out there. My lawyer is shaking his head, <laughs> smacking his face. <laughs> He's like, "What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing?" <laughs> and 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 they look. They actually looked at me and said, "You have got to be the dumbest criminal I've ever met." And I just sincerely looked at him. I said, "Man, this is my only hope." And the TBI agent looked at me and he said, son, where you're going, there is no hope. 
man, I thought my life was over. You know, 15 years, I'm, uh, they put me back in the cop car. They tr- put the handcuffs on me. They transport me back to my cell in another county. Um, and I remember on the way there, I was just so downstruck, you know. And, and I remember thinking to myself, why? Why do you care now? Because, see, I'd realized that there hadn't been any hope for a long time. And when I got back to my cell, I would stare at that, that sign that somebody had wrote in pencil over my door. And I was like, man, there is, there, there's no hope. Uh, the only thing I was allowed to have in there was a Bible. Uh, so, and because I was raised in church, and, you know, I knew the word. I, I knew the word, much like, you know, Satan did in the desert. <laughs> I, knew, right? I knew the word, right? regardless of how I was living. And I just started thumbing through the pages, man, and I'll never forget. Mm. I ran across Romans 6, 4. And it was the first time that I really heard Scripture speak to me, uh, uncoached. Nobody else said it. I read it, and it hit me right here. It said, for um, in his death, we were buried. You know, we were buried in the likeness of his death, and then we were raised to a life of newness. And at that moment, hope hit my heart. Mm. See, I knew that I had been baptized. I knew that I professed and proclaimed that I knew Jesus Christ. I stood up in front of the church, went down to the altar and, and, you know, got dressed up and went under the water. And when I rose up again, I just walked around a wet Christian. Like, what is this life of newness? And I was like, that's where I went wrong. You know, I did not finish the walk in the life of newness that we were raised to be. So now, now there was hope because there was an answer. And uh, I just love how the living word will do that to you. And once God speaks to you, if you'll listen and you'll dig into his word, his, his voice of comfort and truth will always speak to you and bring hope. So for the first time in my life, I'd felt hope. And what I didn't know is at the time, God was developing a desire uh, for, to be discipled. And uh, when I went back to court uh, to finalize my sentence and to be placed, you know, where, where I was going to go serve my time, uh, God just kind of stepped in and just took over like, like he does. Um, and they, because of the Tennessee's Tennessee has this, uh, thing where they want to rehabilitate inmates. And my father was advocating for me on extreme levels. And he was just like, you know, if you're going to send him to prison for 15 years, I don't want him to be institutionalized. I, you know, we, we, we need to make use of this time and the courts agreed and uh, that's when my dad filled out an application and I got accepted into the uh, Ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge of the Mid-South here in Chattanooga. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is a discipleship ministry. It's faith-based. And, uh, you know, at that time, I was like, that's 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 where I want to be. So at the time, I had done 18 months, and they were going to allow me to spend a year of my sentence there. And I was like, shoot, yeah. <laughs> I was like, anything this I This is do, much better than in there. Yeah, exactly. I'll take the year. <laughs> So I, I happened to be in a great environment. Uh, they cultivated a great environment of people that was just full of joy, uh, full of truth, who didn't just teach certain principles. They walked them out in front of you. Um, and I was walked hand in hand, discipled in the principles of Christ. And when you're pursuing Christ the right way, you know, you're pursuing him with all your heart. He's, he's what's on your mind. You realize that he is the, he, he's, he's the crutch of it all. You know, that's where you get your joy. That's where you're going to get your peace. That's where you're going to find your your purpose. So I've been in the ministry for about <clears throat> six to eight months at the time, and I get a phone call from the TBI agent. Now, might I remind you that he wasn't really supposed to know where I was. 
Okay. okay. They just knew that he just okay. knew that I was sentenced. They was like, Anthony, don't go there and get in trouble. This is going to backfire on us and you'll have to do even more time. Oh, wow. So, you know, you would think <laughs> I was on edge, but I just knew I was where I was supposed to be. So he called me and he said, he said, Hey, Anthony, how you doing? I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm doing great, detective. How are you? <laughs> he said, Man, I'm doing great. He said, I, I just, man, I heard about where you were at and I heard about what you were doing. And, and you know, he, he said, I'm just, I'm just so happy for you. And he's like, Man, I, I want to, I want to apologize for telling you that where you were going, there was no hope. Wow. He said, See, I've been doing this for a long time. And he said, I forgot why I started doing it. I wanted to help people and make the world a better place. But I've been so discouraged by nobody ever changing that I've become bitter. And he said, I just want to apologize and let wow. you know that, that I'm praying for you. And that's, you know, that's, that's the purpose. That's the purpose. Another thing, too, they started allowing me to go around and start telling my testimony. And I started telling my testimony at little churches here and there, talking about how, how Christ had set me free on the inside. Now a prison cell meant nothing to me. I was excited. I was going to go back and start a Bible study and, and start ministering to people. Like, what greater joy would it be to be a light in a dark place? So they started uh, videotaping my testimony, and it made it back home in my hometown uh, at a church that I grew up in. And there was a girl there who had gotten in trouble. Her, her boyfriend was a drug dealer in and out of trouble with the law. And, you know, her dad was in law enforcement, and she was only allowed to go to church with her Christian friend um, and she came and she heard my testimony and she went back home and she she told her mom and her dad she was like mom dad you're so right I'm breaking up with him I heard this testimony and, wow. it, and it had to be from God wow. yeah he said because he was talking about police officers and dad you're an officer and he was talking about drug dealing my bro my boyfriend's a drug she's like I got saved and I've totally I've totally changed so back to the phone call that I had with the detective, he was like, man, so he's, he's like, so what are you doing when you get out? And I was like, trick question, going back to prison. <laughs> I was like, good try, buddy. Good try. Uh, he's like, man, that's fantastic. He said, before you go, I want you to stop by my office and come see me. And I said, um, yes, sir. I said, but wait a minute, detective. I said, how did you know I was where I was? He said, my daughter went to a youth group and seen your video and got saved. Oh, wow. It was his daughter. It was his daughter. It was his daughter. Wow. And and that made it, wow. That, that is the captivating love of God, that God would see somebody in their muck and mire like I was and see that there's so many other people in the same pit. And when his love calls out to you personally and you accept that love and embrace that love, we then can love because he first loved us. Yes. So it wasn't the fact that I had helped somebody else. It was that God had took what the enemy meant for evil and used it for good. And now somebody else was experiencing the same love that I experienced that I did not deserve, that chased me down. And um, so, man, I was, I was hooked, man. I was, I was free on the inside. And uh, it didn't matter if I was free on the outside. So I, I come to the end of my stay at Adult and Teen Challenge and um, was actually excited to go see that. I was a little nervous there for a little while. But, you know, everybody just kept reminding me, man, God didn't bring you this far to let you down now. Right. And so I went and I, and I spoke with him. And he said, all right, let's go over to the courthouse. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. So we went over to the courthouse and he sat me down with the D.A., and they put a bunch of papers in front of me, and 
you know, they were like, sign here, sign there. And I was, I mean, and I was signing. It might not have been the smart thing to do, but I was just signing. And, uh, you know, he said, all right, you're good to go. See, they, they had acquitted my sentence, expunged my record, and I was off parole that day. And you had no idea that that's what you were going to? I had no idea. As wow. A ma- as a matter of fact, before I signed those papers, they said, so, so what do you want to do? I was like, I'm, I want to get into prison ministry. I, w- I want people to know that there is a God that no matter what you've done, he is here for you and that there's a, there's a different way, there's a better life, and you can have peace and joy wherever you're at. And after I signed the papers, they said, here, now you can go into any prison you want to. And you can just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And, man, talking about having plans and God just changing all the plans, all of a sudden I was free on the outside just like I was on the inside. And, and, and I just and – that, and that's really – my story, man, and that's why that's why I love being a youth leader here at Silverdale. That's why I'm I'm actually now the president uh, of the Challengers and sit on the board of the very ministry okay. that I went through. Okay, and I just I just love seeing people come in broken, and God healing them and giving them purpose, and um and, and that's why I love discipling uh, the youth that that are here, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity because I don't want to see. Another person live powerless because they're willing to be saved, but they're not willing to submit to lordship. And I truly believe that if we disciple this next generation or even the generation that we're in, that we will start seeing Christians operate in the power and the promise if we can just get them to focus on the pursuit and the principles and their purpose. Anthony Manna. I am so grateful for you. I'm, I remember a year ago, student ministry leadership retreat out at, uh, where was that, Vesper Point? Yeah, right? yeah. So I drove the bus, um, and that was my only job. I yeah. had one job. You did the it bus. really well. well. Thank you. Everybody got there, everybody got back. <laughs> you did, you did, you did. But I remember seeing you because uh, we, we hadn't really met at that point. But I remember seeing you and, and just watching you with, and I, th- I remember thinking, man, who is this guy? <laughs> Who is this guy over I'm here? I'm sure you're not the He's only so one. He's so confident and, and, <laughs> and uh, not cocky. I don't want, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, you, I mean, you, you kind of care. It's like, who is this guy? And now hearing your story, uh, I feel like I know what you're all about. I feel like, I mean, I knew when you were with, with the kids, I had full confidence that you were there because God had you there. But now I've heard. So yeah. thank you, man. Thank you for yeah. sharing today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And really what, what I would like to say to anybody out there listening if you really just feel like you're not living in the fullness of life, just know that there that there's more for you. What, what what was available to me is available to everyone. You don't have to have a crazy wild story like I did. Um, like God would meet us right where we're at. It's just are we going to be willing to surrender? And when God calls us to higher ground, He will always provide a way there. We've just got to surrender to His way. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. 
We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.